Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Hyman, uh, coming to you live Sunday night, 1030, late night, WBC edition of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. Uh, USA just gave up a two spot in the first. They have a chance to answer back right here. There's two outs, three, two count. Arenado's up. We'll see if they answer back. They stopped a big inning in the first inning, so that was great. Kept the momentum in check. Um, Let me tell you something. Parents, coaches, players, if you're not finding time to watch a WBC game, you're missing an opportunity because in this very me-centric world we live in, um, seeing these guys compete for their country, it's it's been like watching – watching great college baseball over all over again. You're watching guys playing for the name on the front versus the name on the back. It's great to see. I think this is exactly what all of our young people, they need to see more of. So, yeah, it's obviously not convenient that it's 1030 at night and they're just now starting a game. Um, but there will be opportunities uh, over the course of the next two weeks to, to take in a game. Watch it. Sit down, watch a game, watch the fans, watch the players, watch the camaraderie. Um, no selfishness in this brand of baseball. It's all selfless dudes just getting after it for their country. And that's in baseball's purest form. That's what it's all about. So um, watch it. Uh, USA just got the third out of the game. So they did not answer back. For my base two followers, they did not answer back. The good news is, though, they uh, did stop a big inning in the first inning, so that was a good thing. All right, so uh, new pod got a couple got a couple shout outs. Um, first of all, you you notice the video; it's going to look awkward. I got a camera there, dashboard over here, uh, other stuff going on over here. So just bear with me. I'm trying to get the. Uh, Trying to get the YouTube channel up and going, so this is the way we just provide video and audio at the same time doing it this way. I can upload this in podcast form. That way, we kind of are touching on a bunch of different things from a reach standpoint. Some people, it, it was interesting when I posted the Coach's Corner video with me and Coach Allison, the engagement was a lot higher. The reach was a lot higher having video versus not having video, so... I don't know why that is. I'm just doing a test run to see if maybe that's something we need to look at doing for us to reach more people and kind of expand our reach a little bit. So, you know, if you don't like looking at my my face, my beard and all that, that's cool. Uh, you can still listen via Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. But uh, anyways, a couple shout outs before we get going. Number one, uh, for my prayer people out there, uh, prayers up for Anthony Ward. Uh, most of you have no idea who Anthony Ward is, but uh, Anthony Ward uh, is a South Lawrence baseball alumni uh, member. Uh, has been a big supporter of our program for a long time since he played here in the 90s. Uh, he's recovering in Charleston right now following you know pretty substantial, pretty sub- severe uh, open heart surgery. Um, I could kind of tell from the, the pictures I saw from of him today. Uh, it was tough, but he's a trooper. He's a warrior. Um, so we're praying for him. If you're a prayer person, throw some prayers up for his family and, uh, his recovery. 
because it's, you know, anytime they crack your chest open like that, it's a, uh, it, you got a long road ahead of you from a recovery standpoint and really from a cardiac rehab standpoint, um, that's where you really need the prayers and the support from your family and everybody else, because it does a lot to you mentally when you're having to go through that cardiac rehab. So Anthony, uh, South Lawrence baseball, uh, you know, our coaches, all of us are praying for you, buddy. And, uh, we're praying you for you and your family for a speedy recovery recovery. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. Okay. We appreciate all you do. And, and, you know, we know you're going to make it through this and, you're going to do great things. So I expect to see you out at a baseball game sometime soon. All right. And you can bring your heart with you, your little squeeze hard heart. You know, anybody who knows when you have open heart surgery, they make you like, they give you this heart pillow that you got to like squeeze and cough and all that. So anyways, we're praying for you, buddy. Um, next shout out. Kind of already went into this, but World Baseball Classic. You got to get some of this in your life. So if you haven't watched it, sit down and watch it. It's phenomenal. All right. Shout out number three. Want to give a special shout out to Coach John Chase, former South Florence baseball alum, or actually current South Florence baseball alumni member. Another tremendous supporter of our program after he graduated. Um, John is one of the good guys in a travel ball coaching, in the travel ball coaching world. He took a team. I think he's had them for 14 months now. Um so the, uh, I think it's Carolina Force. I think it's I know it's the Force. I don't know if it's Carolina Force or Florence Force. I'm pretty pretty confident it's Carolina Force. Um, we did a little clinic with those guys about six months ago. Really good kids, um, well coached, uh, great group of parents. So I just want to give them a shout out because they went down. I think they were at the shipyard down in Charleston today and won their first tournament uh, as a program. So 14 months later, a lot of hard work. Um, you know, all that, it's good to see that they, you know, all that hard work culminated into a, into a victory for those guys. So coach, uh, John Chase, congratulations. And to all your kids and parents, congratulations. I know great things are in store for you guys in the future. And hopefully some of those guys are South guys. I'm building the pipeline early. Uh Oh, all right, so that's all the shout-outs, I believe. So um, kind of give you a little rundown of what, what tonight's episode's going to look like. Two things. Going to give you a little update of the Bruins baseball program uh, going into region play for our varsity guys. Talk a little bit about that. And then, you know, kind of last week and, and all that stuff. And then we'll jump into we'll jump into the actual – podcast, which is a player's guide to overcoming adversity. Uh, it's something that's kind of relevant to, I think it's a very relevant thing. So we're going to talk about it. Um, I kind of like the format of the player's guide articles. I like the format of the coaches' guides, parents' guides, stuff like that. So I might start doing a little bit more of that. Um, if you like it, let me know. Give me some feedback on it because I feel like, you know, the format that way gives me an opportunity to kind of give you about three or four key bullet points to kind of focus on. So um, before we get into all that stuff, though, thank you again to everybody who continues to listen, follow, like, retweet, comment, give feedback and everything else. 
again, I've told you guys a hundred times, uh, what we're trying to do here is leave the world better than we found it, reach as many people as possible. Um, and I feel like we're doing that. We're growing, uh, in a lot of different ways to look at, you know, just the analytics behind where we're at and where we're going. I think we're probably hitting about a thousand more people than we were a month ago, uh, which is phenomenal. I had no idea this was going to grow at that pace, but, you know, kind of ready to make that next step um, and continue to just kind of take the lessons I know as a coach, the things I've experienced and try to pass that on to other people and help as many people as we can. Uh, kind of adapt that transformational coaching mindset. Um, this week we'll have hopefully two more episodes of Coach's Corner. We're going to try to bring in, again, Coach Rhodes Dickerson who, from South Lawrence. I've been coaching with Coach Rhodes Dickerson for six years now, played with him in college, played with him and or played against him in high school. Uh, so looking forward to having one of my good friends uh, and brothers on in him. I think he's going to be able to provide a lot of insight into why why he is the way he is, kind of how he's wired and stuff like that. I, I think the people who know him who listen to this will really enjoy listening to that episode, much like they enjoyed listening to Coach Allison's episode. The uh, other person I'm going to try to get on this week is Coach Justin Deemer. Um, kind of had a little bit of a snafu from a communication standpoint, trying to get that lined up. I had some time tomorrow morning where we were going to try to do it, but I we weren't able to make that work. So we'll have to we'll have to look at a uh, another date. But that's obviously a priority for me because that's one of the really one of the guys who shaped my coaching philosophy. Um, so you know, obviously we're going to try to do what we can to get him on. So, mm-hmm. anyways, all right. So that's that. Again, thank you to everybody. Number one way you can help us, said it a hundred times, share this with a friend. Okay. Share it with a friend. Maybe they'll share it with a friend. Uh, you know, and hopefully somebody learns something. That's what it's all about. So, anyways, all right. So let's talk about the Bruins. Huge week for us coming into coming into this week. Uh opening region play up, which is, you know, we play a 26-game regular season and really our season comes down to 10 games. Your playoff hopes come down to how you do in those 10 games. I think uh, in our region, they take the top four teams. Um, they switched the playoff format up this year in the, in the lower state and upper state. You have two eight-team brackets, you know, so the, the position you're looking for is, you know, you win that region, you there's no easy games in the playoffs, but you win the region, you give yourself a little bit more favorable uh, route in the playoffs. So I've said this before, we play in the SEC of the lower state in 4A baseball. Um you know, we were fortunate enough to win it a couple years ago. Last year, you know, we finished uh, nine and three last year, finished third in the region behind North Myrtle Beach and behind Hartsville. Hartsville ended up playing for the state championship last year, fell a little short uh, to east side. Oh, that might be a triple. Yep, triple. Nice. It's good base running. Um, okay, we're in, we're in business. USA is in business with one out, runner on third. We got to get that guy in. Okay, but anyway, so the region stuff, and we're opening up this year with uh, Hartsville, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want, I do want to circle back to last week. Last week we played Lakewood twice. Um, those were our only two games last week, <clears throat> and 
we talked about Aiden Palmer throwing a no-no. Um, but Dylan Weagle followed it up Thursday night with a no-no of his own. So we had two no-hitters last week, um, 16 strikeouts across those two guys, zero hits. So it was, you know, it's a great week. I want to talk about some of our other key performances uh, offensively. We had uh, Junior Noah Moore went three for three last week, two doubles, a triple, and seven RBIs. Uh, he's really off to a hot start this year, really just continues picking up where he left off last year as a sophomore. Had a massive, had, had a really good sophomore campaign last year, and he's just literally picking up where he left off. I think he's, you know, batting about 650 to start the year, so doing really well. Um, another key performance last week was Luke Miller. Uh, Luke went three for three on the week, two doubles, four RBIs, four runs scored, few stolen bases. Another one, you know, I think by all accounts last year wasn't, a great year for Luke in comparison to his sophomore year. Sophomore year, he batted, you know, he was our leading hitter, batted right at 400 for the year. Um, he's made tremendous strides in his game, though, over the last – I mean, he's always been a good hitter, but he's really, really taken that next step this year. So he is our leading hitter currently batting right at 800 So uh, through six games. So that's a phenomenal job. Then we've got a newcomer to the varsity team, Braden Robinson, sophomore. Um, he's going to be the final, you know, final stat leader from last week. He went two for three on the week, three RBIs, four runs, two walks. Uh, really, he's done a phenomenal job as a sophomore, you know, in 4A baseball so far. So kudos to him. Um, it, it's interesting when I look at this, I look at this list here, um, because I, I kind of think about like the adversity that some of these guys have gone through over their high school career and where they're at right now. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're going to talk about today about overcoming adversity. I mean, Aiden Palmer, you, know, you look what he did as a sophomore. He's a senior now. So, you know, we threw him into the fire as a sophomore. He went out there, just had a phenomenal year. Um, you know, he had to, I think everybody knew he had the potential to be really good, but that here's a sophomore. He just came out, and we asked him to do a whole lot. Really would not didn't have a lot of expectations for how he was going to perform, and he ended up throwing up an All-State uh, performance that year. Uh, just did phenomenal, put himself on the map. You look at Noah Moore, uh, probably did one of the most selfless things that we've ever asked a player to do his freshman year, come up to varsity and sit the bench. Uh, I think he got 10 at-bats his entire freshman year, right? And, you know, that's a lot on a guy who's played his whole life. Um, he comes out here uh, freshman year, gave up probably 70 at-bats on the JV team because we only had one catcher uh, on varsity, so had to have a had, had to have another guy there. And that, you know, instead of pouting about it and, you know, being a bad sport about it, being a bad teammate, uh, he just – Soaked it all in, right? Soaked it all in, learned what he could, you know, really perfected his craft so he would be ready to go as a sophomore. As a sophomore, he came out, you know, was an everyday guy for us and, and won all region um, as a as a sophomore. You know, a lot of adversity when you go from sitting the bench every day and, you know, what that does to you mentally to, to instead turn it into a positive thing um, and growing throughout that process. So kudos to him. And then Luke Miller, 
uh, I can't say enough good things about Luke. You know, Luke is uh, it's really exciting to see where Luke's at right now as a player and a person. He's always been one of our leaders uh, in our clubhouse and you know, somebody at the next level, he's still uncommitted. Um, he's a 2023 6'4, you know, can swing the stick. One of our best hitters, if not our best hitter overall, um, throws in the low 90s and he's uncommitted. Uh, statistically and, you know, how he projects and all that stuff aside, um, I'd let that dude lead any program, that dude could lead any program in the country. Uh, with the way that he carries himself as a person and a man. And somebody um, is going to see that and is going to get a really great player and a guy that's going to make a massive impact on your program for the next four years. Um, phenomenal student, tremendous upside. Um, he had a little, he had a surgery last year repaired something, got some things fixed that has really put him in, from a health standpoint, the best spot he's ever been in since I've, I've known him, and I've known him since he was 12 years old. So, you know, there's some people that wrote Luke Miller off a long time ago because, well, they said he doesn't, you know, throw hard enough or he doesn't have good enough command or he's not fast enough or he's blah, 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 blah. Some people, I'm just going to tell you this now, some people are going to be eating crow on that because that dude, I think he's the number one, he is the number one uncommitted in the state of South Carolina, and it's not even close. So if you're looking for a 6'4 right-handed pitcher who can also swing the stick, um, the dude should be on your radar. If you can't work low 90s, with up upper 90s upside, you know, projection ceiling, and it runs up, in, out, but plus off-speed stuff, I, I don't know what to tell you. So that's that. Phone line's open. Be more than happy to talk about the character and, and the upside and everything else. Know how to find me. So, but anyways, back to my original point there. You look at what those guys have accomplished, and, and Dylan Weagle. You know, Weagle's moved here last year. Um, he's another one. He's uncommitted, lefty, uh, low 80s, uh, phenomenal off-speed stuff. You know, he's surrounded by a bunch of dudes who throw hard, right? So mentally, that does a little something to you. You start chasing things that are outside of your game. That was a mindset shift that he had to, he had to get over. You know, we talked about that for weeks. You play your game, you're really daggum good, and he is. He's another one. Somebody's going to get a great, is going to get a steal with him. So, you know, point is, I think, you know, a lot of times, sometimes people get some of the adversity comes from the people around you and, you know, you allowing it to, to maybe get in the way of you playing your game because you say, man, all these people around me are getting all the accolades and everybody's noticing them. They're not noticing me. Well, you know, that's another kid who's going to earn an opportunity somewhere, and somebody's going to be getting another one. If Luke Miller's the number one uncommitted, he's right up. He's right up there as one of the top uncommitted left-handed arms, no doubt. So, again, phone lines open, DMs open. Be more than happy to talk to anybody about any of our kids. But those are two that should definitely be on everybody's radar. Anyways, all right. So that was last week. 
Um, that's where we're at. I've said this a hundred times. This is the best team I've ever coached. And in the past, I wouldn't have said not, I wouldn't have said this because I would have been worried about the way they were going to perform, but I'm just, I don't say it to be cocky. I don't say it to be conceited. I don't say it to seem arrogant. I'm just telling you like in the six years I've been playing, I've been coaching. Um, these dudes have been working towards where they are right now since they were seventh graders. And I'm extremely excited to see them get out and compete and try to accomplish all the stuff that they've set out for themselves this year. Um, you know, somebody sent me a message and said, man, you guys really love your guys. And we, 1000%, this 2023 team represents everything great about our baseball program. And they've been bought in drinking from the same water hose for a long, long time. And uh, I'm just extremely excited and fired up about what their potential is. Now it's going to be up to them to continue that and continue to play hard and compete and show everybody that, you know, just because, you know, we don't have nine D1 guys on our roster, we can go to we can go to war with any team in this state. And I have no doubts about that. And I don't, like I said, I don't say that to give people bulletin board material. I just this is my podcast speaking about our guys and they've earned that they've earned for us to talk about them because people in our area don't get talked about enough. Um, now it'll be on them to make sure that whatever image you get of them, um, is the same one that I have as a coach. It's on them and they'll be ready to answer that bell. Um, but I'm proud of them. I'm excited. I'm glad region plays kicking off this week because we're about to go to battle. Um, this is a big week for us, and I'll talk about it right now. Um, you know, Hartsville is a team that I put an asterisk next to every year because, you know, it's going to be an absolute war. It's going to be a tough game. They're going to play hard. They're well coached. Uh, Coach Ganey, Coach uh, Chapman, Fidawa, Coach Nick Martin. Those guys are great coaches, and they got great kids um, who play the game the right way and play hard. Even Mean Pete, Coach Mean Pete down there. I don't know if Coach Mean Pete's still uh, on the staff or not or if he finally retired, but you know, Mean Pete represents Hearts, what Hartsville baseball is all about, right? He's gritty. He's nasty. He spits nails. Just kidding, Mean Pete. You're a good dude. But back to my original point, um, I'm always excited about this. Kelly Town region play in the spring uh the only thing i'm disappointed about we're not playing there on friday night we're playing there tuesday night but it's a great venue they pack that place out it gets rowdy uh they let you know it uh it's awesome it is a great high school baseball environment they don't get quite as rowdy as they do down at buford high in the playoffs um but i get rowdy that it's truly a high school sports town still um the whole place doesn't shut down but it is close to it so it's awesome our guys know what they're stepping into they're stepping into a hornet's nest and um you know our goal winning the region championship starts tuesday night and um you know we're gonna have to show up play our a game uh, i expect it'll be aiden palmer versus john alexander uh, then Friday night, I expect it'll be 
Wiggles versus probably Cole Wimburn. And, you know, we're going to have to play our A game. I'll just leave it at that. So, But I'm looking forward to it. Anybody who's a high school baseball enthusiast who just loves high school baseball, find a way to get out there Tuesday night. It's, I'm just telling you, the environment there, the venue, the fans, everything, it's, it's top notch. So if you love high school baseball in this state, it's a good series to watch. So that's that. Um, yeah, we're fired up. Been working hard since August to, to prepare for this moment. And, um, you know, it's here and our guys, they're ready. So um, be a great, great experience. So mm-hmm. anybody who... <laughs> Listen, and it's weird because I can look at the analytics on this. So I see we've got people from North Carolina, Indiana, Ohio, Florida, Georgia, all over. Listen, about half of our listeners are from South Carolina. Um, About 25% of them are from North Carolina, and the rest are kind of like Georgia, Tennessee, got some all over. But if you're not a South Florence baseball fan yet, I'm going to talk enough about the Bruins to where you are a South Lawrence baseball fan, okay? If I need to send you, a, send you a shirt, I don't have a hat here, send you a hat, you know, so you feel like you're part of the squad, shoot me a DM, hat size, you know, we'll figure something out, we'll figure something out so you feel like you're you're on the bandwagon. The, the train hadn't left the station yet, so we're still looking for fans. So if you want to hop on board, now's the time. Okay, once the train gets rolling, we don't let any bandwagon people on, right? I'm just kidding. Anyways, so I'm going to jump into the meat of the podcast now, but if you're not a Bruin fan yet and you listen, it's a requirement that you you check in on the Bruins uh, if you listen to the podcast, okay? I'm going to talk about them enough where you're going to know all about them anyways, okay? All right. So anyways, a players. Well, let me talk about the JVs really quick, too, because that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about. Our JVs dropped um, a doubleheader last week against Wes. So we're not going to win the season series. We have an opportunity on Wednesday to make it three to two. And uh, we learned a lot of things about ourselves. I think one good thing about losing these these games against good teams that are well-coached versus beating up on a bunch of people that maybe aren't great baseball teams is you learn a lot about yourself. You learn about how you deal with adversity. Uh, you learn about leadership. It shines a spotlight on all the things you don't do well. And, you know, it shines a spotlight also on the things that you do do well. So, you know, that team we have on JV level – they fight. They got some grit. Coach Mike Lucas from AJ, Andrew Jackson, he says one thing he loves about his guys is they have grit in their ass. You know, our JVs have those moments where they they play with a lot of grit in their ass. They also have some moments where they have a hard time with the adversity that, that they're faced with. Um, we got down 8-2 to two the other night. They fought all the way back, made it 8-8, eight eight, and... uh you know, it fell apart in the last inning. It happens, but then the second game we didn't really show up and 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 compete. Kind of folded a little bit, and that's kind of comes back to one of those adversity things in some areas. Like the young guys, you don't expect them to be really good at that right now. The elite ones, they're better than 
the average guy is at this level. But it's a it's a learning moment for our young guys to kind of understand, like, to be really good at this game, like, you can't just flip it on and off from a focus standpoint. You can't just decide, okay, it's the fifth inning, now I'm going to be focused. Like, it's a from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you put your head down at night, you have to be 100% locked in on whatever whatever's going on where your feet are, right? And for us, uh, being locked in on a baseball game, a lot of times it starts the minute you get out of school, um, getting your mind prepared for, for battle and putting yourself in the best position to go out there and succeed. And I think young people have a hard time doing that, whereas like, Tuesday, I have zero doubt that our older our varsity team, they're going to be locked in from the time they wake up in the morning until the time that bus gets back at South Florence at night, you know? So it's just something over time that we really got to coach to and, and help identify, like, how to help them overcome adversity. And that that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so my – Topic of the podcast is a player's guide to overcoming adversity. Uh, and I've said this a hundred times. One of the biggest challenges young athletes face is how to uh, dig their heels in when and fight when things get tough, right? Um, it doesn't matter what aspect of their life they're in or what arena they're completing, competing in, whether it's athletics, school, or personal life, doesn't matter. Um, the quicker we can help them embrace adversity and work to fight through it, uh, the better off they're going to be later on when the stakes are way higher. And, and the stakes continue to get get bigger, like even in baseball. Like the stakes right now at the JV level aren't as high as they are at the varsity level, right? Um, you know, JV's a lot about developing, developing skills, developing mindset, developing toughness, developing all that stuff. And then you hope you win uh, on top of that. But we've got to get them prepared to win at the next level, which is the varsity level. And, you know, right now we're not quite there, but we know some things about our team that are going to help us get there. But um, before we jump into the, you know, how we can help our players overcome adversity, we need to talk about where we're at with our young people currently, because I think this paints a really good picture for the challenges we have as coaches. And, and I've talked about this in great length in the past, but it's good for us to level set um, before we dive into this. And I think the big thing is as a whole society has really shifted, um, from setting our young people up for success with regards to handling adversity, right? We've moved away from a model that are like, when I was growing up, it was all about sink or swim. Like I learned how to swim because my parents, my dad literally like put me in a pool. And I mean, he stood there with me and he's like, all right, swim or sink. And if you sink, you know, he let me struggle for a second and pick me up. Like that's how I learned how to swim. And that's how a lot of people learn how to swim. All right. Deep in. Oh, he's struggling. Dive in, get him out. You know, that's how society, like the greatest generation of people, people who made it through the great depression and all that. I, I always say that that's the greatest generation of American right there. The people that went through that and suffered because they didn't have a choice. They didn't have a choice but to make it work, right? Today's youth has gotten away from that, and it's our fault as society because we keep moving goalposts and, and we keep spoon-feeding them um, 
which is stopping them from, it's hindering them from them being the best version of, of themselves. You know, in, in, in sports, in school, at home, um, we've created this society that rewards kids for taking the easy way out, right? Uh, or folding when things get tough. And I don't like that. Uh, we don't hold them accountable for bad performances. We don't hold them accountable for bad grades, bad decisions. Um, we don't hold them accountable for not answering the bell, right? Uh, we instead choose. I, there was a coach at the ABCA clinic one time who gave a speech about widening home plate. And if you haven't read it, you need to. I might link it in this this uh, podcast. But he talked about how we widen home plate. You know, home plate's 17 inches wide. And we try to make it 19 inches for kids today. Um, and it's not good. It's not good. We try to move the goalposts for them and, and all that. So they experience success, right? And that success is not what actual success is. It's a made-up version of success that really is like uh, I talk about helping them find 100%. A lot of times that version of success that they experience is rewarding them for their, what they think is 100%, right? It's, hey, man, you gave 100% of your 70%, so we're going to reward you for that. So that's just where we're at. Where we're at. Um, and the struggle becomes there's too many people pushing kids down that path and not enough people like I feel like myself and the people I coach with, uh, some of the teachers that are still left out there, there's not, you know, it's it's a shock factor when a kid comes in contact with somebody like me um, because I'm going to make them overcome that on their own, right? I'll guide them. I'll coach them through it, but I'm not moving the goalposts for them. I can't do that as a coach. As somebody who's responsible for building young men, I can't do that because then I would be setting up a whole generation of kids who are set up to fail. And I can't, I can't reasonably do that. And the guys I coach with, we can't do that. Um, everything I believe in goes against the model that society uh, is setting our kids up for. Yeah. I believe pressure is a privilege, right? If you're in a situation where you experience pressure, that's a great thing. That means you've worked your ass off to get to that point. I, I was telling one of our players, I don't know, a couple months ago, you know, they were big time, you know, they're a big time player and doing a lot of good things. And, but they were shying away a little bit from the spotlight, right? Because it was like, well, I don't, nah, screw that, dude. You've worked your tail off to get to where you are right now. You worked your tail off to be the guy that has the ball in those situations. So don't shy away from that, right? Embrace the pressure, you know. Um, adversity and pressure build character, right? You worked your ass off to be able to be that guy that's called on. So go do it. Um, without adversity, without pressure, kids miss out on a lot of important lessons that can help shape the rest of their lives. So I refuse to lower that standard for the kids we coach. Not going to allow them to skip out on the tough moments, the tough conversations and all that.
Now, I threw a tweet out yesterday that talked about, you know, wishing that our players sometimes could get into our 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 mind because if they could it would change their life because they would see just how much we believe in them and and how much like we root for them to be successful and and stuff like that but you know i think for parents and players alike um what we start talking about the fact that we don't skip out on the tough moments and the tough times and all that we make them go through it well part of going through those times is they get coached pretty hard during those times right and um their natural defense mechanism to the tough coaching sometimes is, well, that guy doesn't believe in me. Or a parent will say, your coach doesn't like you. Your coach doesn't believe in you. I mean, I heard a story the other day about a parent was talking about a kid I know, and they told somebody, well, I don't like the way that coach coaches you. It's like, okay, so you don't like a coach being honest to you about the fact that you know, you got to pitch from ahead more often than you pitch from 2-0, 3-1. Yeah, that's just a honest, like, evaluation. Like, I... Anyways, frustrating sometimes when I hear some of the stuff I hear about some stuff that parents across the country, like... Like, what do you want me to say? Hey, man, it's okay that you're pitching from 2-0 and 3-1. You're getting tattooed because you're throwing three one fastballs it is what it is you want to stop getting tattooed stop getting behind in the count well that parent you know and it wasn't one of our parents but you know this parent felt like that should have been addressed differently for this coach that was telling this kid that i'm like wow okay anyways but back to my original point talking about belief you know i We've got we've got a few kids on our JV team that whenever we make a lineup out these four positions, we should never have to think about putting those guys in because they should be when you we went into the season saying these four guys they're vital to the future of our program. And you know, there's been some time so far this year where they've really struggled with embracing and handling that role. Just being honest, and I've told them the same thing, so I'm not telling anybody listening to this podcast anything that I haven't already talked to them. I won't use their names. If they're listening, they know who they are. Uh, their parents probably know who I'm talking about, too, and that's okay. Um, but they haven't handled that job very good. And I tell them, I said, guys, like, we talked to them. You're the future of our program, right? And... You're putting us in a really weird position because of the way you're handling these moments. And it's concerned. You you concerned because you look at him and you say it's not a talent thing. Very talented. We've got our JV team's extremely talented, top to bottom. Um, we're having a hard time putting it together right now, but we'll be fine long term. But you know, one of the things is you know, we've got older kids on your JV team that you're expecting next year they're going to have to make they're going to have to make that jump. You know, because it's not fair to your varsity guys who've been doing it right for a long time, who are going to be seniors next year, who are going to be, they understand, well, you know, the spots we're losing from this team, and they're smart enough to look at it and say, okay, you know, unless we get some new guys coming in, these are kind of the guys we're going to be rolling with next year. It's not right for the guys who've done it right for, for a long time to be depending on guys who 
don't really understand their value and their importance to the program because they just choose not to. And they choose to take being a sophomore on JV for granted and instead of going out there and competing their tail off and being a dude, uh, they go out there and kind of cower a little bit and, you know, let the moment get too big still and don't embrace, you know, their role on the team and, and execute and stuff like that. It, it happens. It's okay. That's why they're on JV so we can work through that. But in the process of coaching that, a lot of times guys will get very like, oh, well, Coach Hyman, he must not like me. Coach Hyman, man. As you get older, Coach Hyman's job, Coach Allison's job, Coach Rhodes' job, Coach Gray's job, Coach Scott, everybody's job is to push you through that next ceiling. Any coach in this country who's coaching JV players, you're gonna. the older you get in the program, the tougher we're going to be on you because the expectations are a lot higher from you than they are from a freshman or an eighth grader or whatever. So don't take it personal. Answer the bell, okay? We've talked about that in a previous episode. Answer the bell. Um, But if they could, back to my original point, if our players could hear the things that we say about them and get in our mind for two minutes, it would change their life because it would give them the courage to go fight every time things got tough because they would know that the people that lead them believe in them, right? There's not a dude on our varsity or JV team that we don't look at and say, and I'm using our team as an example, but if you're a coach listening to this, you will, you'll agree with this. Like, there's not a dude in your program you don't believe in. If you didn't, they wouldn't be there. And this is for parents. So parents, if, if you're listening, if your kid's lucky enough to be led by great men, those guys believe in your son or your daughter if they play softball or, you know, they believe in your kids. Um, you know, one of the challenges, you can believe in somebody's child and then that child cannot perform when the lights come on or not put themselves in the best position to be successful. And you can be disappointed about that and you can punish that. And as a coach, you're constantly trying to build that up. Um, and I think that's where we're at right now with some of our players. But, you know, if our kids would take a step back and, and like just read the situation and say, hey, this is a great thing that my coach is staying on me, because if he wasn't staying on me, that would be that would be concerning. Because that would mean that he's like, hey, I've exhausted all my options with trying to get this kid to the next step. And he's just not not getting there versus every day we go out there. Constantly making sure you're doing the little things right. The minute you don't do it right, bam, I'm on you. Hey, we've talked about this a hundred times, blah, 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 you know? Anyways, it's that whole principle around like believing in them um, more than they believe in themselves. That leads me to the this the most critical things our athletes can do to overcome adversity. I've broken it down into four steps. Three of them are kind of action items that they can do. And one of the things is a challenge. So The three things are identifying your why, finding courage, and then leaning on each other. Okay. Those are the three things that I feel like our players, your players, if you're a player listening, these are three things you have to do to be able to overcome adversity. And then the final thing is, it's kind of a culmination of all that. It's don't stop proving them wrong. Right. And I'll talk more about these in just a second. So the first thing was identifying your why. 
And the reason this is vital and really important is because sometimes we get away from why we do what we do. And when we do that, it makes us feel like, well, what, what am I, is it worth it? Is this hard coaching I'm getting worth it? Are these late practices worth it? Are these weightlifting sessions, are they worth it? You know, what's all this for? Why do I subject, subject myself to this pain? Why do I subject myself to the thrill of big victory and the agony of defeat? What's at the end of the road? Is it a championship? Is it a scholarship? Is it to prove something to myself? Is it to prove something to somebody else? Like, you've got to know what your why is, right? As an individual first. Um, but most importantly, you have to know what your why is as a team. And that's really got to be the driver for, for everything you do, right? Um, when adversity hits as a team, go on a losing streak. Uh, something bad happens. You lose a player, you know, whatever. Like, as a collective unit, you've got to all take a step back, throw your arms around each other and say, why are we doing what we're doing? We got to get back to drinking from the same water hose. Because if we can identify that, um, we can all get locked back in on doing whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to get us back on track. So, I mean, if you haven't identified your why yet with your teammates, this is a good time to do this. You know, I, I feel like we've identified our why. Um, but if you haven't as a player and you're listening to this and you can't answer that question, what's my why for my team? You need to talk to your teammates about it, right? Hey, why do we do what we do every day? You got to have a destination right? It's the first step in being prepared to overcome ad adversity is identifying what that destination is as a team. Um, if you can do that, it will have everyone better prepared to have the courage to fight because they'll know what they're fighting for. Same thing for you as an individual, right? You put the team in front of whatever it is that you're trying to fight for as an individual, but you keep that buried away in there and that's like a little bit of extra gasoline to pour on that fire. That flame starts going down. That internal flame you have for yourself that's driving you, that's getting you out of bed every day. You got to stoke that thing. That's your why. What's your why? What's your why always puts you in a great spot to overcome adversity. Because whatever that is is much bigger than whatever that adversity is. Right? All right, that's step one. Step two, finding courage. Uh, and this can be tough to do. All right. It's probably one of the toughest things for athletes to do, especially especially in a game like baseball. Um, and that's because it's a game where you fail a lot more than you succeed, right? And sometimes through failure, you lose confidence. You lose the courage to wake up and put your feet on the floor every morning. You lose the courage to show up every day with a clean, a clean mind, a full heart, um, and to treat it like it's opening day and, and get after it. People let a lot of stack a lot of bad. People allow bad things to stack in baseball. They don't let good things to, good things stack enough. 
But I'll go back to my example earlier about wishing players could get inside the minds of the coaches, uh, just see how much we believe in them. One of the challenges in this scenario is players only see the tough coaching they're receiving uh, when coaches are trying to get them over the hump. And in that moment, it's hard for them to find the courage to answer the bell in fear of screwing up again or having to hear another tough, tough conversation or having to be corrected for something they're doing wrong. Um, yeah, as players, I used to always take the mindset, this is temporary. Coach Justin Deemer wrote about this in his book. Okay. In your darkest hour, that hour is only 60 minutes. Your darkest hour, it's only 60 minutes, right? It's going to pass. Um, you, ha you have to find the courage in baseball to want the baseball again after you've made an error. You have to have the courage to want the baseball after you had a bad outing. You have to find the courage to step back in the box again after you're hitless in multiple at-bats, right? Um, and the big thing there is your courage gives your guys courage, right? Because sometimes all somebody else needs to get over the hump is to see the guy next to him have the courage to dig his heels in and fight. And it's contagious. 100% is. We were talking with our JV guys about it the other day. We we had a tough practice uh, following the West Florence loss. We took a day off, tried to clear our minds. They came back out on uh, Friday in practice. And it wasn't a great practice. Um, it was a tough practice. And there was, at one there was one point where I think either me or Coach Allison, Coach Timo, I don't remember who it was, maybe Coach Rhodes, so I said, who wants the baseball? Who wants the baseball? And nobody raised their hand. Everybody was like, like, you want the ball? Do you want the ball? Who who wants it? I don't want it. Um, and that that was tough for me to, to sit there and watch that because I was like, wow, like that was one of those moments where you just expect one of your older guys to be like, hit yeah, I'll take the next 10, coach, right now, you know? And, uh, again, this is the difference between JV and varsity players. Varsity players, somebody would have said, give me the next 20. Give me the next 30. I'm going to get us – I'm I'm going to get our confidence back. I'm going to get us out of this hole. JV guy's still a little timid, right? Young, still don't understand. So – Courage, guys. Overcoming adversity, one of the biggest things you can do. Somebody's got to have courage. Somebody's got to step up. Here's a here's a thing too. Even if you even if in that moment you're like 50-50 on whether or not you can make an impact, you standing up and answering the bell, going back to the middle of the ring after you've been getting pummeled by somebody for twelve rounds or eleven rounds. Sometimes gives your guys the courage to fight. Your small act of courage turns into a your team having a tremendous amount of courage and a tremendous uh, level of fighting them to get over the hump and get past the adversity. All right. Next thing, this kind of goes into this: lean on each other. Right. One of the great things about baseball or any kind of team sport is, uh. You don't have to wear the weight of the bad moments by yourself, right? You got nine other guys, nine plus other dudes who are helping take on that weight. You know, 
I, I talk to my son all the time, my oldest son, Jack, all the time about golf. You know, he used to play baseball. He doesn't play baseball anymore. He's, he's a high school golfer. Golf's a totally different animal, right? There is no team component. There, there's team tournaments, but at the end of the day, it's you versus the golf course. And when things are spiraling out of control, you're the guy who's trying to stop 5,000 pounds from crashing through the ceiling, right? In baseball, you got 16 other dudes standing there trying to carry that weight. Gets a lot easier. Um, yeah, so I think the big thing, though, is when things get tough, um, you got to lean on each other and you don't get away from the things that brought you success as a team in the, in the past, right? Your ability to be successful in the past always came from everyone doing their part, executing their role, and playing selflessly, right? You stick the plan, stick to the plan, lean on your teammates. You'll be able to overcome adversity faster than if you abandon the plan and become a bunch of individuals. Okay, I'll uh, give you an example of this. This kind of culminates a bunch of stuff into one. But last year, um, I've told this story a hundred times about the fact that we play in a really tough region, and you know, we had a different team last year than we have this year. Uh, again, this is the best team that I've ever coached. Last year was probably one of the most talented teams that I had ever coached, but we weren't a great team until later in the year. And uh, we opened region play with North Myrtle Beach last year. Luke Rope going to Vanderbilt as a pitcher, okay? Comes down here or comes up here from North Myrtle Beach. It's a massive matchup. Uh, they've had our number the last two times we played. You know, we've got Palmer on the mound. He's shoving, right? Just absolutely dominating through three innings. Uh, he ended up, in that game, he ended up striking out 18 guys, throwing six and two-thirds innings. He gave up two hits and three, or two hits and two walks. Okay. If I told you that box score, you would say, Y'all definitely won that baseball game. Um, and through the th and through three innings, I don't know what the other coaches felt like because we really haven't talked that much about it, but I didn't think there was any shot we were losing that game that night because Palmer was dealing. We had scored a run. We were up one to nothing. I felt like we were going to chip some more runs across, uh, but they weren't going to they weren't going to hit him. We go into the fourth inning. Strike out the first guy, walk the next guy, double on the next pitch, pop up on the next pitch. Okay, two out, second and third. Mr. Vanderbilt up at the plate, first pitch. Hits it off the light pole, hits it off the light pole in left center field. When that ball left the bat, you could hear the wind, the air out of every player, every coach, and every fan that was wearing South Lawrence blue and gold that night. You could hear it leave the stadium. Shoving one bad pitch. Actually, it wasn't even a bad pitch. It was a good pitch. It was just even, it was a better swing. 3-1. I think we got a few more hits, but we ended up losing the game. 3-1. to one. And we struck out 17 or 18 guys. It's tough. Uh, that, that loss right there set us back on a three-game losing streak. And I remember riding back on the bus 
from North Myrtle Beach that Friday night after we just got drilled 13 to 2. And Coach Gray's driving the bus. Um, you know, I got into our guys pretty good when they got on the bus because, you know, did some dumb stuff when we got on the bus on top of some dumb stuff during the game. But we've got our whole coaching staff up there, and we're just trying to figure out, like, okay, how are we going to get this thing back the right way? Because, I mean, it was a teetering moment in our – like, our season was, like, what started with lots of hope quickly was, like, we were at our lowest point right then. And and as a coaching staff, we had to lean on each other extremely hard to get through that and come up with a game plan on how we were going to fix it. And then our players – that was a turning point for them. I remember Coach Rhodes took them outside uh, next practice we had, and I wasn't a part of that meeting. Coach Gray wasn't a part of that meeting. Nobody was part of that meeting um, except for Coach Rhodes and those players. And they met in the players' parking lot for about 20 minutes. And that was a turning point in our season. Coach Gray uh, went back to the basic things from a hitting standpoint that, that had worked for him for 30 years, and we became a really good team from that point on. But – to my point about adversity, we would have never gotten over that had we not leaned on each other as a staff and as players. And that's what propelled us forward. To And, you know, we fell short of our goals last year. We got booted in the uh, district championship game, so we didn't make the lower state bracket. But um, from where we were at that moment, we'd come a long way. So that's why leaning on each other is important, okay? And then as a culmination of all that, um, we talk about don't stop proving them wrong. And I'll tell you a story about this. In 2021, that was the motto of our team. So two years ago, that was the motto of our team. That year, we went 23-5. and five. We won the region championship. When the preseason polls came out, we weren't ranked. Okay, When the preseason projections came out, we were picked to finish dead last in our region. I think it was a six-team region, a six-team region at that time. The only people who had faith in us were the coaches, the players, and the parents of those players. That was it. Okay, so every I felt like we knew what we had. Um, I remember us walking into that year feeling like we were in a really good spot, and. Uh, it was a little bit different playoff format that year. Like they only took two teams out of the region. So we knew like, you know, you lose, you lose two, uh, you lose three games in the region. You're probably not making the playoffs. And I mean, we played for our playoff life from the North Myrtle beach series where we got swept two games to none, uh, till the end, we ended up finishing 10 and two in the region and, uh, and won the whole thing that year. But, the entire year, like, my pregame speech to our guys, because we kind of have a format we do. You know, Coach Ray says his thing, then he leaves, and I'll say my thing, and then Coach Scott always finishes it off with, you know, his thing. So, and this year we've added Timo to the – Coach Timo to the mix. So, you know, he's got his thing. But, you know, my, my pregame speech was all about don't stop proving them wrong, Right. And it was just a reminder to them that our whole season, we were forced to overcome adversity and prove people wrong because nobody believed in us. Nobody believed in us. Okay, so just keep proving them wrong. Who cares? We don't need their validation to be able to go out and 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 do our thing. So, 
you know, that mindset though, for us to have the ability to don't stop proving them wrong, um, it's the culmination of the three things I talked about before it, right? It's identifying your why, like early on, what's your why? As a team, what's going to drive us when things get tough to push forward, right? And then when it gets tough, who's going to find courage, okay? Who's going to find the courage to make sure that we stay on task and answer the bell so we can continue pushing forward for our why? And then the only way we can do that is we have to lean on each other. And if we do all three of those things really well, as those guys in 21 did, the result is you overcome a lot of adversity and you prove a lot of people wrong. So that's my thoughts on overcoming adversity, right? So final thoughts. Um, Overcoming adversity is one of the main things that separates the best players and teams from the rest. In baseball, softball, the season is long, right? And it's filled with a lot of ups and a lot of downs. The teams left standing at the end are normally the ones who weathered the storm the best. As rarely does a team go an entire season without experience adversity that either makes or breaks them, right? So throughout your journey as a player, there's going to be tough times. Uh, but you have to always remember that normally those tough, the, the greatest victories in your life will come at the tail end of your toughest moments. And uh, in those moments, whether it's somebody coaching you a little harder or another obstacle, obstacle getting in your way, it's imperative that you remember your why, you be courageous, and you lean on your teammates. Doing those three things well will ensure that as a team, you'll reach that pinnacle you've been chasing and you'll continue uh, proving the doubters wrong. And that's it. That's a player's guide to overcoming adversity. Okay. That's what I feel like your best blueprint should be as a player. So if you're struggling, start identifying your why as an individual, as a team. Be courageous, answer that bell, and lean on the people around you, right? If you got everybody drinking from the same water hose locked in on the same goals, you're going to be able to overcome it, and you're going to be stronger on the other end of that because of what y'all went through together to get over that first mountain. I can tell you that right now. People say, why do you believe in this team that you have this year so much? It's because of that right there. Like, I've seen what these dudes have overcome together through the last six years. It's been tremendous. Uh, they've been priming this pump for a long time to be able to get out and and raise the bar and set the standard uh, under their terms. And that's why I think we're going to be successful this year because we got a bunch of dudes playing for the name on the front, not the name on the back. When you're doing that and everybody from number one to number 17 is locked in and bought in on the same vision and same goal, drink from the same water hose, you're dangerous, man. Because 95% of the teams you encounter in a high school baseball season care more about the me than they do the we. And uh, that's just a factual thing. A lot of guys care about their stats, uh, their recruitment, their highlights, me, 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 me. Um, we got a dugout full of dudes who, they're all about South Lawrence baseball, and I couldn't be more proud of those guys. So, anyways, I won't get back on that because I'll talk in 30 minutes. But, again, 
Uh, thank you to everybody who's listening. Please subscribe if you like this episode. Give it a review. Give it a like. Share it with a friend. If you have any feedback, always open. Hit me up on Twitter, text, email, whatever's easiest. But um, I'll give you, again, I, I think we're going to do a Coach's Corner episode t- uh, tomorrow, which is Monday. Um, Tactical Tuesday comes out on Tuesday, so be looking for the newsletter there. If you're not subscribed to that, you can go to coachhyman.substack.com. Uh, you can subscribe and get the newsletter through that. You also can check coachhyman.com, which is uh, our website. Uh, any of our articles and podcasts are on there. Uh, and other than that, again, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for everything you do. Uh, if I can help you in any way, let me know. And uh, until next time, be cool and go Bruins. See ya.